Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers. The Kentucky primaries are over and the nominees are already after each other. Democratic nominee and Attorney General Andy Bashir is benefiting from a website called Crooked Bevan that was put up by a group supporting Bashir. And a group pushing for Bevan has an ad running already on TV that accuses Bashir of riding his father's coattails into politics. Later we'll be joined by two guests who will give the Republican and Democratic perspectives on the governor's race and some of those other contests ahead this fall. Trey Watson will give the GOP perspective and Christian Motley will tell us where Democrats are on the issues. That's a little later, but first, a look at some of the speeches and remarks made right after Bevan and Bashir got their party's gubernatorial nominations. What you're going to have is a very clear, clear contrast. A very clear contrast on issues that matter significantly to people in Kentucky. You have in Andy Bashir somebody who proudly supported Hillary Clinton. That doesn't play well in Kentucky. It didn't then, it doesn't now, uh, and for good reason. You have in, in Andy Bashir somebody who literally brought NARAL in just in the last couple of days to help push him over the top in this primary, who's strongly and unapologetically pro-abortion. I mean, the contrast with Ralph and myself, who are strongly pro-life, who are supported by President Trump and supportive of the values of the people of Kentucky, it will be a binary choice. At this point, all the hypotheticals and the other possibilities are going to fade away. And people in Kentucky are going to have a very clear and distinct choice to make. Uh, and the voters will decide. It would be a, more than a little presumptuous of me to assume that the president of the United States is gonna go anywhere uh, a number of times in the next six months, but he's a good friend, he's a strong supporter, it's mutual, I respect the man, he loves America, he's busting his tail to address hard things that need to be discussed. We have a good relationship, he will be here, he's made that clear, I look forward to it, the people of Kentucky look forward to it. Uh, how many times, we'll see. I mean, I, I couldn't even begin to imagine. I mean, it's appropriate, of course. I hope we have both govern, gubernatorial and lieutenant governor level debates. Without any question, I mean, your thoughts on that, why, why would we not? We owe that to people. They don't always make a lot of sense in crowded primaries unless it's like on the D side, they need to each make the case. But in a general election, absolutely. I think we owe that to people. I mean, suing me is not beating me. It's not. And in reality, he's lost far more cases of significance than he has won. In all of the claims about things like suing more people than any other attorney general, how many dollars has he brought into the state of Kentucky? I mean, really. The reality is it's a lot of empty talk, but this is what we've been getting from Bashirs for about 10 years. And now the people will have this choice. If they want four more years of empty Bashir, they're going to have that opportunity. I don't think they do. They, they want to talk about the pension even when they don't want to talk about the pension. It's topical now, and this is what it needed to be. We needed to make sure that this came to the forefront. And Ralph, you could speak to this. I mean, obviously everybody has known it for some time, but even within the legislature, it was not, wasn't something people discussed. It was ignored for a long time, and now it is on the table. It's gotta be addressed, hasn't been. Adoption and foster care, tremendous amount of effort being spent in this state to make Kentucky the gold standard. Tort reform, judicial reform, these things are going to be topical, not fun, not easy, not pleasant, but the reality is they have to be discussed. Economic development, getting our corporate and, and individual tax rates in line with competitive uh, rates with other states. These things modernizing our tax code. All these things will be topics of conversation. Still a lot of cleanup. A lot of things have piled up over the years here in Kentucky. 
a lot of bad policy for the better part of 100 years, and now we're just cleaning it up. And so it's going to be, again, a very stark contrast. The one thing I will say about this race, I mean, the difference between our ticket and that ticket is going to be very, very clear to voters in very short order. Now, I mean, again, any, anyone in elected office always, every day, has to earn and then earn back and retain the votes. No question. Take nothing for granted. And even now, while I am confident that we will win because the market difference is going to be so obvious to people, in no way, shape, or form is that a given, not even remotely. And as I said, it will, I believe, be ours to lose. Could we lose it? We could. Do I think we will? I don't. I really don't. But the reality is as soon as we assume it's in the bag and we take our foot off the, the, the gas, that's the beginning of the end for people politically. So without question, there's, there, are, there are connections that need to be initiated and made for the first time, others that need to be re-engaged with. But all of this is going to become very clear to people Really, let's be honest, no one's going to pay that much attention until after Labor Day. We're all going to be back together with a sense of urgency September, October, and the first week of November. I am so appreciative of each and every one of you that voted for this ticket. And Jacqueline and I are going to be in each and every community across this state working to earn the support of every single Kentuckian as we move forward. I've received phone calls from both Rocky and Adam, and I know this was a tough campaign, but I want to thank them for each of their pledges to support this campaign wholeheartedly. Now there's going to be a lot of punditry in the next few days, asking how we stack up in the general election, who's up and who's down, but tonight, I want to tell you how I see this election. It is not about what's going on in Washington, D.C. It's not about the nasty attacks that Matt Bevan has already launched starting tonight. And it's not about right versus left. Folks, it's about right versus wrong. It is wrong when Matt Bevan tries to strip health care from thousands of our families. It is wrong when he tries to slash our workers' pensions. It is wrong when he tries to tear down public education. And it is wrong when he fails to create good jobs in eastern and western Kentucky because every part of our state deserves to succeed. And if you don't believe me, just look at the fact that our governor just barely got 50% of his vote tonight. I think it can be as simple as a phrase, a phrase I've been thinking every single day since I've been serving in Frankfurt. We were raised better than this. We were raised better with the bullying we're seeing in Frankfurt. We were raised better than the name-calling we're seeing in Frankfurt. And when we win on November 5th, we're going to start acting better than what we've seen, too. I know we were raised better than this, because I was raised right here in Kentucky. 
And I was raised to believe that each of us has an obligation to give back and that I've always been driven by faith and family. And I got to thank two very special people for that, my mom, Jane, and my dad, Steve Bashir. When I'm asked about my parents, the nicest thing I can say is that they taught me to be a good parent. And the lessons they taught are exactly what I try to pass along to our two children. Folks, I'll be a governor, just like I've been an attorney general that fights for... <laughs> I will be a governor that fights for the lost, the lonely, and the left behind. A governor for all of Kentuckians, rich, poor, and everyone in the middle. Democrats, Republicans, and independents, Eastern, Central, and Western Kentucky, I will do right by all of our neighbors. And Bashir and Bevan have tangled often over the last three and a half years that they've both been in office. As that gets set to continue in the race ahead, our Kristen Kennedy has a look at some of where we've been. They've been sparring for almost four years, and now the stage is set for their biggest battle yet. Before we look ahead, let's look back at the tumultuous relationship between Kentucky's governor and its attorney general. The Commonwealth elected Matt Bevan in November of 2015. One of his first acts, taking swings at his predecessor, Governor Steve Bashir, Andy's father. He dismantled Connect, the state's version of the Affordable Care Act, then launched an investigation into claims of corruption in the Bashir administration. My job is to govern, not to sit on the outside and be an armchair quarterback. He has bullied our universities. He has bullied you in the media and he has bullied, bullied organizations that rely on state funding. But he's not going to get away with bullying me. When Governor Bevin tried to cut funding to higher education, Attorney General Andy Bashir sued. The state Supreme Court ruled in the Attorney General's favor. And when the governor abolished and replaced the boards of trustees at the University of Louisville and the Kentucky Retirement Systems, the Attorney General sued. That makes lawsuits two and three. The fourth time the two went to court was on challenging the executive order that made those actions possible. The Kentucky Supreme Court declined to rule on whether it was legal for the governor to abolish and replace the board. And because state legislature passed a law later in the year giving the governor more power to remove trustees, the state Supreme Court dismissed that case, saying the issue is moot. Pension is a promise. A pension is a promise. And when Frankfurt turned red for pensions, pack your bags! The battle between attorney general and governor got red hot. The pension bill is government at its worst. It violates the rights of tens of thousands of Kentuckians. Andy Bashir filed a lawsuit against Senate Bill 151 hours after Matt Bevan signed it into law. All that I ask is that they follow the law. And if they repeatedly refuse to follow the law, then I have to sue them. A judge ruled the passage of SB 151 unconstitutional. The lawsuits and teacher protests weren't over. During this year's General Assembly, teachers once again stormed the Capitol to protest education bills, forcing some school districts to close. The Bevan administration filed subpoenas to get their names, and Bashir took the Labor Cabinet to court to stop the subpoenas, but a judge denied his temporary restraining order. 
It's 100% to do with politics. It's 100% to do with getting him elected. There is no mention in this lawsuit whatsoever of the free speech rights of any of these people at stake. Not one word, because that's not what it's about. He's a hypocrite. The legal fights are likely far from over. With the two now going head-to-head -head for governor, the political rivalry will likely only get more intense. Kristen Kennedy there with some of where we've been. Now where are we going? We're coming right back to discuss the races with Democrat Christian Motley and Republican Trey Watson on Kentucky Newsmakers. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. This is going to be a tough few months ahead in Kentucky statewide elections. Joining me now are two people who know the issues well and the perspectives of each of their parties. Republican Trey Watson and Democrat Christian Motley are here. They're both strategists for their parties, and we thank you for coming in. Appreciate thank you. it very Good much. Good to be here, Bill. Well, this is going to be an interesting few months. I isn't think it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a long few months. You know, <laughs> Kentucky, the, the primary didn't get started until after the Derby, but then the general starts at Fancy Farm. So. So it's a long haul. It I don't is. know. I felt like the general kind of got started right after the primary. <laughs> started seeing ads pretty quick. Website was up that night and ads yeah. the next day. Yeah, that's right. Mr. Watson, uh, uh, Governor Bevan uh, won with a little over half the vote uh, in his uh, primary as an incumbent. Uh, does he have a lot of work to do to unite the Republican Party uh, before he can uh, try to reel in the Democratic votes that he would also need? I would call it a lot of work. I think, uh, first of all, you have to remember turnout in the Republican side was extremely low because it was kind of a foregone conclusion. So I think only the people who were excited to vote against the governor in the primary. There's, those were kind of the only people who showed up on primary day. Uh, but I think there's two things at play. One, uh, people that voted for Robert Goforth or uh, Ike Lawrence or, or William Woods, they're, they're not going to vote for Andy Bashir. They understand that Andy Bashir would be, a, would be moving us backwards. And even if they don't agree with where we're at, they know we can't go backwards. And that's just there's not another option. I think Governor Bevin's going to be the pick. Not to mention Andy Bashir is has already been endorsed by uh, Narol, the major uh, national right uh, uh, pro pro uh, abortion group, and uh, there you know right the right to life issue is a major uh, dividing point. In some cases, a, a total not a disqualifier for conservative voters in the state. Uh, but I think you know Governor Bevin's got to remind people that this election is not about the last 18 months. It's about the, the full four years of his term, and a lot of good stuffs happened in those four years. Mr. Motley, Attorney General Bashir won the Democratic nomination uh, uh, largely on the strength of his votes in Lexington and Louisville and uh, some rural counties as well in in Western Kentucky. He was second to Rocky Adkins in most of Eastern Kentucky, uh, where President Trump is also popular. So does Bashir uh, have some work to do in his party? before he can get rolling uh, into the uh, summer and fall? Well, first of all, I think uh, we, we've got to recognize that Andy Bashir is probably feeling pretty confident after the primary. I think uh, he had a disciplined campaign. He uh, basically had a plan and he worked it. Uh, he, he ran a very disciplined campaign. I think he also showed that, yeah, he can win not only in Lexington and Louisville, but in Northern Kentucky and in Western Kentucky. And I think uh, all three candidates in that primary, uh, three of the, the top candidates in that primary, Rocky and Adam, uh, who uh, uh, um, 
uh, gave their concession speeches, both said, you know, that they are eager uh, to support uh, Andy and the general. And I think, you know, our, our party right now is looking uh, much stronger than the other side. I know there's some fissures, uh, not only in the uh, governor's race where you had uh, Mr. Goforth running against uh, um, Matt Bevin, but you also had uh, that battle uh, in the attorney general's race. And so I, I think the Democrats got to be feeling good going into the general. Did the primary reveal an urban-rural divide in Kentucky, maybe in both parties, uh, you know, Go forth takes a, a lot of southeastern Kentucky on the Republican side, uh, and you had obviously the greater strength for Bashir was was the cities. Well, I don't think it revealed anything. I think it's been there. It's been pretty evident for the last several years. Uh, you know, it's something that's that's ongoing, and and you know we need to figure out how everybody can work together for the for the good of the state. But you know, I think it's something that we've seen. I, I disagree. I think uh, what you saw in the Democratic primary was uh, three candidates who uh, showed how dynamic the Democratic Party really is um, and how all three of those candidates could run strong all over the state. And I think um, with uh, the party prepared to unite around a general election nominee and Andy Bashir, uh, and the Bashir campaign continuing to be as disciplined in the, as they are, focusing on issues uh, that everyday Kentuckians care about. I mean, I think again they have to feel good going into the. Well, I think I, I disagree. That. I think you have you have conservative uh, rural Democrats who cannot stomach either Adam Eden or Andy Bashir's position on the life issue, their opposition to President Trump and a lot of stuff he's doing. Who would have voted for Rocky and vice versa? You have. Uh, Voters in Louisville and Lexington who would not have supported Rocky because he is a he's a Coalfield Democrat who who hasn't uh, made pro-life votes. I think there's a very clear divide in their party, and they're got to figure out how to get it together if if they're going to be successful. Throughout the primary, I saw all three of these candidates all over the state. You saw Rocky uh, in the basement of black churches in West Lu West Louisville. Uh, you saw uh, Andy uh, running across Western Kentucky. And you saw uh, uh, Adam uh, basically uh, running. Uh, whether you're talking about Lexington, Louisville, um, uh, or Northern Kentucky, I remember um, someone who I had a friend who put together an event. She was expecting probably you know 10, 20 folks to, to show up. Had 100 folks um, at that event uh, in Northern Kentucky. And again, so I think what you saw in this party uh, is the full, um, uh, a really dynamic and strong party going into the fall. Is the issue set uh, clear for the fall? I mean, will it be pensions, uh, public education, jobs, uh, abortion, as has been brought up? Uh, w w those seem to be the very early talking points. Uh, is that uh, most of what will be uh, talked about in this campaign? I think they are, but I think it's part of a broader discussion. Is Are we going to return to the way that we've been doing business, or, or are we going to keep on the path moving forward that we have? You've seen what's happened in the economy since Governor Bevin took office. Record increases in jobs, record lows in unemployment, wages are on the upside swing. Uh, we have uh, new reports says 15,000 jobs that we need people to fill. Things are good in the Kentucky economy and the question is do we want to return to the stagnant uh, slow growth declining ways that we had uh, under under the previous Bashir with a new Bashir and I, I think even if you don't like I said even if you don't agree with a lot of stuff Matt Bevin's done you at least know that you don't want to move backwards and I think that's going to be the choice this fall. Gosh I think if you are wealthy and you are powerful in this state you probably um, uh, feeling pretty good about where things stand, but if you are everyday Kentuckian and you are thinking about your health care, you are thinking about uh, public education, and you are thinking about um, retirement security for working folks, um, I think you're looking for a change. It's hard to think about that stuff when you don't have a job and you don't know where your next paycheck's coming from. I, I, and under Governor Bevin, more people are working, less people are unemployed, and that's better for all Kentucky. And wages are still low, and you got places like Martin County who are suffering from lack of infrastructure and not clean, not having clean water. Again, I think folks down there are probably looking for a change. Well, we can go back decades on that and talk about how 
Rural Democrats have squandered their coal severance money on political projects, paying off little leagues and, and, and uh, uh, animal shelters and whatnot to, to buy votes. I mean, the, the problems down there are longer standing. They need to be solved, absolutely. But, you know, as far as who caused it, Governor Bevin had nothing to do with that. Well, I think if there are going to be more excuses about uh, these sorts of issues for folks, the Democrats are going to be feel, feeling pretty good going into the fall. We're going to take a break. We're coming back in just a moment. We'll discuss more about uh, the fall campaign to come. This pension issue is real. Everybody agrees about that. It's what to do about it that is the big issue now. And we'll be right back on Kentucky Newsmakers. Welcome back to WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. We're visiting with the Republican Trey Watson, Democrat Christian Motley. They are both uh, involved as strategists uh, in their parties, and we're continuing our discussions about the Kentucky governor's race and the other races really to come uh, in this fall. This pension issue uh, certainly has uh, gotten the attention of uh, lots of folks. Everybody agrees it's something that in some way has to be addressed. Bashir calls for a dedicated revenue stream from expanded gaming and taxing medical marijuana. Governor Bevan uh, brought this issue to the forefront and has to push for at this point money to go from elsewhere in the budget and be moved over to to uh, pensions uh, and so there were some cuts so what what will be the debate on this well let say? me start off by saying I think that Andy Bashir's position on taxing medicinal marijuana to pay for the pensions is monstrous it is inhuman he wants to tax cancer patients and veterans of PTSD to pay for the pension system that is horrible. We don't tax any other pharmaceuticals or anything like that. He, he wants to tax cancer patients to pay for the pension rather than strap up his boots and work a little bit harder on the budget to make room to make sure that we keep our promise to teachers. I think that's horrible. And I really hope he reconsiders his position during this campaign because I think it's just terrible. Well, I think the big thing for the governor uh, once elected is going to be to be able to be a leader who is a consensus builder. Uh, I think if you uh, look over at least the last year, we had one uh, attempted session and one that's rumored uh, we still can't get votes to have a conversation about what to do about the pension. So I think, number one, you've got to have somebody who's going to be a consensus builder. Uh, number two, I think in um, at least in a Democratic primary, you heard a lot of ideas. I think you heard about um, expanded gaming. Uh, you heard about closing uh, corporate loopholes in the uh, tax system. Uh, and, you know, I think Again, uh, there's a conversation to be had and a number of ways to do this. I don't think that uh, uh, this, uh, I, I think, you know, if you think about educators, for example, who are concerned about a governor who might dismantle that system. Uh, I, again, I think if we have a leader who is uh, there to uh, work with the legislature, um, I think we, we'll get to some solutions that'll. How that'll, much will that'll it national figures and national issues figure into this campaign? President Trump has said to likely come in and campaign uh, for. Uh, uh, for Governor Bevin, uh, Republicans are uh, you know trying to tie Bashir to Hillary Clinton already. Will this election uh, be about uh, Kentucky or will it be uh, nationalized? I think it will get nationalized to a large degree. And Kentucky's governor's races always have kind of the fortune or misfortune, depending on how you look at it, of falling into that because of our position the year before the presidential. And both parties want to have momentum rolling into that presidential election. Uh, I do think normally I wouldn't say that an outside official, uh, outside like the person coming in, would have that much of an impact. But we've seen in state after state, election after election, that President Trump does have a unique impact. And it's not on swaying votes, it's on turnout. People who might otherwise be on the fence or unlikely to vote 
when President Trump, Trump, Trump comes in and puts his arms around uh, a candidate and says, this is my guy, I need you to vote for him, they show up. You did say that uh, you think that, it should, that it's unfortunate that the races are national. Well, I said some years. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's just a part of where we fall in the election calendar, that, that out, things beyond our control, beyond our borders, have an impact on our race because of people jockeying for position in the, in, in the presidential elections. I, think, I do think it'll be nationalized uh, primarily because it comes before the presidential race. And uh, what we are hearing, at least, is that the, uh, the Trump administration uh, and the folks in his camp are really concerned. And so you'll see uh, voters, um, I'm sure we'll see um, a parade of, of folks from the administration coming into Kentucky to, to try to help out that effort. To be fair, though, that, that's been occurring for, for two years now. There's, there's pretty much every other month there's a secretary cabinet, uh, there's Ivanka, Jared Kushner, somebody from the, from the Trump uh, orbit is, is in here in the States. So it's not like it'd be a new thing for him to be coming in. Well, just like I said, a parade and the governor has suffered from uh, terribly high disapproval ratings uh, um, at least over the last year or so. And so I'm not surprised that folks have been coming in that long. Don't confuse disapproval ratings with election numbers because as we've seen, Senator McConnell's usually in the mid-30s on election day and wins by double digits. Yeah. Let's see, uh, let's talk real quickly if we can about a couple of other issues. Uh, the Republicans had a spirited primary for Attorney General with uh, Daniel Cameron eventually getting the, the nomination. Democrat Greg Stumbo unopposed for his party's nomination. How will this play out? Well, I, I hope it to be a substantive race. Uh, I was I was interested sort of uh, watching from, from my side of the fence uh, the Republican primary, and it looked like, again, that the sort of the, the Kentucky GOP was on the other side of Mitch McConnell, which you don't see uh, that often. Uh, Daniel Cameron, who's a, a mentee of the, of the senator. Uh, again, yes, a very spirited uh, primary. Um, Greg Stumbo is somebody who's been a leader in Kentucky politics for a long time. Uh, he, he knows this context, certainly. Uh, he was an attorney general who uh, kept Governor uh, Ernie Fletcher uh, in line uh, about a decade ago. And so uh, we look forward to seeing uh, how he campaigns this fall. Uh, I think, first of all, in the Republican primary, it's, that's a preview of things to come because uh, people in northern Kentucky and some uh, south-central Kentucky counties are, are used to those sorts of primaries by now, but as this state gets more and more red, I think you're going to see that in more statewide campaigns, that the, the elections are going to be highly contested in the Republican primary. It's just that's where we're headed as a state. In the general, uh, Republicans could not be more excited to get to take another swing at Greg Stumbo. Uh, I think that you're going to see the full fourth of both state and national party put, put behind uh, knocking Greg out. The two of you pay very close attention to the candidates and politics. Does it concern you that 80% of the people stayed home on primary well, day? Well, first of all, those numbers are a little bit fictitious because we have about, depending on who you listen to, anywhere from 200 to 350,000 people on the voter rolls who are either deceased or actively voting in other states. So, you know, you've, you've got to remember that when you look at percentages. Oh, I do think you had... Uh a, uh, I believe we had an expectation of about 12.5% from uh, Secretary Grimes. Uh, participation uh, did go do just a little bit better. I will say part of it is about the way the campaign cycle works. You know, if you want to get folks out to vote, you got to go talk to them. And uh, Trey said earlier, you know, the campaign kicked off pretty much after Derby, and that's not a whole lot of time to get folks engaged. Guys, thank you. That's Kentucky Newsmakers. Thank you for joining us. There'll be more discussions along the campaign trail.